Welcome to the Connect Group's podcast series. Hi, it's Amanda here from Connect Groups and today in our podcast studio we have another Amanda, sleep coach Amanda Slinger, who's going to talk to us about the importance of sleep. So thank you for joining us, Amanda. Thank you for having me. Nice to meet another Amanda. (laughs) Now, the issue of sleep is one that our support group members tend to struggle with, be that due to their own physical or mental ill health, their pain management, or their role as carers. So this podcast is going to be really beneficial for our listeners. Can you start by telling us a bit about your background and your role as a sleep coach? Yeah, certainly. So, um, oh, wow, where do I start? My career... um, started with uh, nursing. I trained as a registered nurse way back, um, a long time ago. <laughs> and I quickly moved into health and safety and I founded my first business. I have three businesses. Mm-hmm. I founded my first business uh, probably 30 years ago now and it's a strategic risk management business, which I still run. I had 25 staff at one, one point. And I also have an e-learning business, which we develop e-learning resources for government departments and private industry. And then I started SleepSpot. And SleepSpot is a a sleep coaching business, predominantly for women. And the reason I've started it is I have been fascinated about sleep for years and years and years. Um, I think it really started when I was working on mind sites as an occupational health nurse and and just talking to a lot of predominantly men at that point um, about their sleep. They'd come in and they'd be depressed and really unhappy working fly and fly out and some residential. But yeah, I, I counseled them a lot around their sleep. And back then there was a big push from the mining industry and also the, um, the mining companies themselves to look at um, roster lengths and hours of work, which is really important when you want to look at reducing um, injury and fatalities and also improve mental well-being but I in, in my experience I felt that just being able to have a good sleep was even more fundamental and I was invited to put together a fatigue management course by a client and when I looked and researched that I just found the science of sleep and was gobsmacked loved it so since then, that was 15 years ago, I've just absorbed everything I can, read, I don't know, squillions, seems like squillions of research articles on sleep and read every, or listened to every podcast. And over that time, I've counseled and helped a lot of people with their sleep. And last year, it just really dawned on me how many lives I'd transformed by helping them with their sleep and that I could send that message to a lot more people or not so much the message but help a lot more people if I took it into a podcast or into an online type of uh, delivery format. Why in particular is sleep so important for our mental health and well-being? Yeah well uh, sleep is closely connected to mental and emotional health and you know who doesn't know the impact of a bad night's sleep on how we feel the next day and how it affects our mood and our mental state. I know for me I wake up after a poor night's sleep and although I'm a sleep coach I am not perfect promise you that but when I wake up after after a bad night's sleep or a late sleep a late you know as in I've had a late night and compressed my sleep that's my biggest issue um I'm very irritable I'm um, less accepting of people um and I think you know any of your listeners can probably relate to that and you know there's a reason that you know 
that it's said that someone is in a bad mood they've you know gotten out of bed on the wrong side (laughs) (laughs) and there is a bi-directional relationship between sleep and mental well-being and mental health issues tend to make it harder to sleep well Um, and that's just I think that's a given and at the same time poor sleep can also contribute to the initiation and the worsening of mental health issues so depression anxiety bipolar disorder and other conditions so you know both sleep and mental well-being are complex issues affected by multitude of factors Um, but given their close association there's a strong reason to believe that improving sleep can be hugely beneficial to your mental well-being yeah so yeah all contributes it does absolutely and how would you say that stress and workload would affect our sleeping patterns i know that a lot of our support group facilitators Um, often come to us saying that they're very burnt out with their role in the support group of course a lot of them are living with a condition themselves as well so it's a lot to manage Um, how does that affect their sleep Mm, I think uh, this is going to be really really helpful (laughs) so there's so much you can do so uh, you know I could talk to you for hours with that one question but I um, you know there's I think four things that I'll probably talk about the first one, and it seems so obvious, is reduce the stress in your life. You know, that, that's something which we just seem to accept this more, more and more work. We put more and more pressure on ourselves and that increases stress and our ability to handle what we've got in front of us. And stress often manifests itself um, as an inability to fall asleep or to stay asleep. And of course, we've just, I've just said that, you know, there's this bi-directional relationship between the two. So that's one thing, and creating time and space to switch off, and I talk about this a lot with the women that I work with, and it's creating time and space, not necessarily after dark, but during daylight hours. And I, I used to always say, create time and space to switch off anytime. But the, the more people I talk to, and again, um, it's, it's busy, busy women, who just they often run in a household, um, they've got a business or working in a very high pressured position and they want, want it all. You know, we do, we all want it all. And I don't know where that comes from, but we do. We want to achieve, we want to be the best at what we do. And we seem to cram so much into our day and yet there's always more to cram in. And so um, if we wait to create time and space to switch off, in the evening so for example for me after eight o'clock I know I've done dinner's done you know Jack my son's probably in bed Steve's watching um, some TV and I'll either sit on the couch with him or I'll go and do work generally I'll go and do work because I love what I do and I can do it for hours but if we wait for that point in time um, it's almost limitless we sit there and we think, oh, I'll just do another hour of work or I'll just watch one show on TV. But it's this thing called, and there's a name for it, it's called um, bedtime procrastination. Mm -hmm. And actually revenge bedtime procrastination. And I don't really like the name. I don't think revenge is really what it's doing. But it's, it's us really reclaiming some me time is what it is. It's time where you don't have any competing commitments. It's a time when you can do what the hell you want to do um and so we take that time we watch that that netflix show, netflix show or we perhaps 
do an hour of work but before we know it we've watched two or three shows or we've done two or three hours of work and of course what's it impacting it's impacting our time that's available for sleep so I now say if you can try and take some time during the day and um, just create time and space to switch off because that ability to switch off does many things Um, but the important one in relation to sleep is that it gives your brain time to air the thoughts that are sort of in this in the wings all day because you've got such a busy mind um, it allows them to come I call onto the stage you know there's no one else on the stage so they get time to to be aired and 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 be heard whereas if we don't give ourselves that time we end up putting our head on our pillow at night and of course that's the first opportunity in our whole day for those thoughts to come to us or if we are so exhausted that we do fall asleep if we wake up in the middle of the night, that's when they'll appear. So it's it's really important to unload and give those those thoughts an opportunity to be aired. The other thing that I, I really encourage is freeform journaling. So there's a big movement around journaling and these journals that you can get, which are prompted journals, and they have you know different questions that you respond to. What am I grateful for? But the type of journaling that I really encourage is free form journaling. And that's really just writing, not creative writing, but just start writing what's in your head. Like a stream of consciousness sort of style. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So just, yeah, write whatever's in your head. And I encourage people to do more dot point style journaling mm-hmm. if they can, because you don't want your mind to start getting carried away, uh, particularly if you're doing this before bed or when you wake up in the middle of the night, you can't turn your mind off. Um, dot point journaling because you're not sort of encouraging those thoughts to get carried away and start creating stories Um, but if you do need to just write just keep writing and it's there's no rules (laughs) no one's gonna pick you up for the grammar it's just for your you know and and having a book a dedicated book is really helpful or a notebook to keep those thoughts in sometimes it's nice to reflect back on them so that was um, the third one and I think I said fourth and four points um, to your question the fourth one is looking at your ability to self-settle you know we talk to mothers about helping them to settle their babies not that that's something I do but we often forget how to self-settle ourselves and the parasympathetic nervous system which is the one that allows us to relax is I, I think of it like a muscle and you know if I don't use my my thigh muscles they're going to waste away and the same with the parasympathetic um, system so this is really all about learning how to really unwind um, and you know it, it controls um, it controls our ability to switch off so for me some of the practices and I'm sure some of your listeners have tried these different things um, during daylight hours so yoga particularly yoga nidra which is a lovely relaxation meditation um, or any type of meditation but learning and trying different things that will land and work for you and over the years I've tried different things I went years ago from counting sheep to counting sheep backwards to counting sheep backwards (laughs) jumping over a fence um, to creating a story in my mind I've written two children's books not that I've ever had an idea to publish them they're just there for me and I wrote them because it helped me to switch off from all those anxieties that would come to my mind in the middle of the night and now my go-to is either a breathing technique or where I really focus inwardly on my breath and of course you still have those thought bubbles that come to you and you just keep coming back to your breath 
or the yoga nidra practice and there's lots of lovely meditations that you can look up um, on spotify or youtube um, if your listeners want to have a look at that but they're some really interesting ways to help to unwind brilliant thank you are there any bad habits that contribute to a poor night's sleep Um, i know i hear a lot about too much screen time and its effect on sleep but are there any other bad habits that people should avoid yeah of course there are (laughs) um how long have you got (laughs) the the list is endless is it look it is it is endless and uh, and look i'm building a business on that exact exact thing and you know you've talked about screen time and of course screen time is a thing but you know it people focus on that so um solely and there's so much else you know blue light well any bright light will stimulate your um it will suppress your your release of melatonin so uh, i think you just have to look I, t- I call them sleep thieves things that are in your environment or behaviors that you adopt that can impact how good a sleep you get and i, ge- I guess you know to really hone in on what i feel are the are the, the biggest influences on our sleep one is the exposure to sunlight so for so many of us we we don't get exposure to sunlight enough of it um, particularly in winter months and exposure to sunlight is a really important thing you know it does help with our mood but the reason that I encourage people to get outside before 10 o'clock and be outside not so much in a car or with your sunglasses on because all those windows or um, lenses will they'll reflect the light they won't allow as much light into your eye and you want the uh, the light to come into your eye and activate the melanopsin cells which are in the back of your retina and they then send a signal to your body clock which is in your brain and that body clock controls everything in our body so if you can activate your body clock in the morning by exposing your um, eyes to sunlight and i'm not talking about looking directly at the sun let's get that right (laughs) it's just all those photons bouncing around in the atmosphere they just enter your eye and they activate your uh, melanopsin cells so it's really important that that happens because it does a number of things it um, stimulates um, uh, the release or a burst of cortisol and adrenaline and that tells the rest of our body systems it's time to get going you know blood pressure goes up and everything starts to work but really importantly it sets a timer for the release of melatonin about 12 to 14 hours down the track and um, it's really important that we get those two things happening at the opposite end of the day and there's not enough people that do this we sleep in on the weekend and we may not even see any sunlight till 11 or 12 o'clock and we need to do this early in the morning um, before 10 o'clock and um, I follow a man called Andrew Huberman and he's an American who does a lot of research in this space and he talks about um, getting this sunlight exposure before 10 o'clock because it's um, it's the low the angle the low the sun on in in the horizon when it's low is uh, creates wavelengths of light which our eyes are very sensitive to so um, yeah and we have a 24 hour well 24 hour world that we live in but our bodies actually run a little bit longer so on average 24.2 hours is what our bodies run to so we need to reset that each day so exposure to sunlight and I say you know I call it 10 before 10 so 10 minutes of sunlight before 10 o'clock in the morning and of course on a cloudy day like today we're in Perth and it's 
pouring with rain. <laughs> You're going to need a little bit longer and take those sunglasses off. Um, I'm the worst. I'll, I used to walk outside and just put my sunnies on regardless of whether it was sunny or not. It's a habit. So that's one thing. Um, the other one is regularity. We swing our go to bed time and wake up time all over the show. And this is something which we, we need to focus on. And I always have pushed sleep duration for a long, long time. And I still do, but I have been reading more research papers around the importance of sleep regularity over duration. So if I, because I need eight hours of sleep at night, mm-hmm. but if I, um, if I try and get that eight hours, I'll often be going to bed at a different time each night or waking up at a different time each morning to compensate maybe for a later night. Whereas the evidence is leaning towards the fact that we need to keep that go to bedtime and wake up time as close to half an hour that we can, you know, within a half hour window, because, you know, we're human, we need some flexibility. But sleep regularity is important. And if you're going to move one of them, the go to bedtime or the wake up time, do not move the wake up time. And that means don't sleep in on a weekend, which is not a great thing because people think, oh, I love my sleep in. It's really not doing you a favor when it comes to having a great night's sleep. And it's about that the body clock, but it's also about um, your body knowing what to expect. And on a Monday morning, when you want to wake up at six or seven o'clock, it's like you've just traveled two time zones. Mm-hmm. So it's social jet lag is what they call it. Um, and look, the final thing, I could talk about this for hours, Amanda. <laughs> the final it's thing so interesting. that I, um, that you know, it's really on top of it all is prioritizing sleep. Um, when we know how much sleep impacts our health, our well-being, our mental well-being, um, it, it just impacts, it impacts every single aspect of our lives. And I talk about um, you know prioritizing sleep to improve your performance so you can perform at your peak, and that you can wake up each morning to um, to the best version of yourself and that's from the inside out glowing from the inside out so prioritizing sleep is on top of my list prioritize sleep get that early hours of sun exposure and go to bed and wake up at the same time of course allow some flexibility and some fun <laughs> maybe sleeping on the weekend once a fortnight or once a month but um, just with those principles I think once you understand those things it, it, it arms you with information to be able to make the right decisions. Yeah. Fantastic, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to add for our support group facilitators, our support group members on prioritising their sleep? Um, anything that you haven't covered? Yeah, I, I, I think just maybe parting words would just be to know that you can get good sleep um, and not to, not to get anxious about not getting sleep it will come and just be optimistic and you need to just reframe your approach to sleep you know create yourself a lovely sleep sanctuary and really look forward to going to bed um yeah i think yeah we we just need to know that it's within us to sleep well we can do it yeah thank you and are there any resources um that our members might be able to access on your website or any um, links to like I know you're talking about some great yoga and meditation is any of that available on your website yes we would direct them there absolutely so my website is sleep spot so sleep and then spot.co 
Um, also, I'm on Instagram and very active on LinkedIn and Facebook. So, yeah, they're welcome to follow me on any of those platforms. But certainly there's some links on the... Um, and I'll give you some links if you want for the show notes. That will be great. We'll add them in the description for this podcast. Thank you very much. That was Amanda Slinger from Sleep Spot on the importance of sleep. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much, Amanda. <laughs>